This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Kane in the pipe, oh, and it's yeah. blocked! And it is up. going to be covered by the Saints for a touchdown! It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. And the kick is good! We'll take you to places most fans never go. We'll watch from 60. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown, Taysom Hill, Taysom TD. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby! Welcome in. This is Inside Black and Gold, a special free agency edition of Inside Black and Gold. My name is Jeff Nowak. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak. Wherever you're listening, make sure to hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. I get asked a lot how people can help us out because obviously we don't charge for this. And what I try to tell people is, one, make sure you're subscribed wherever you can subscribe. Two, leave a rating, leave a review. It really does help. I know it say that a lot and it might not sound like it does, but it really does. And three, you know, one way that people can help us out is just, you know, if, you, if you're talking to somebody, if you have a Saints friend, they're like, hey, I'm looking for a new podcast, recommend us. That's all I ask. I hope you all enjoy it. Let me know what you like, what you don't. Hit me up on Twitter, whatever. And I really, enjoy, I really appreciate the feedback. Helps me help you, right? But without further ado, we're going to get into it. We're going to have two segments in this show. The first half is going to be kind of running through kind of rapid fire, everything that has happened, including the splash that just happened, which happened while I was out on a run. If I look sweaty, that's why. Jamal Williams, the running back from the Lions, the NFL leader in rushing touchdowns, he's on the Saints now. So we're going to get into that. And then in the back half, we're going to answer a bunch of viewer questions, as many as we can get to. going to try to keep this to about 30 minutes. So get your questions and comments in there. We'll try to do this in a reasonable fashion right? Because I don't want to stay on too long because that will increase the, the risk that the Saints do something else while I'm talking. And that's that's never fun. It's always the risk of posting something on the internet during free agencies. By the time you're done with it, it's probably out of date. But without further ado, let's get into it. And let's start with the players that are gone because most of it happened prior to the first day of free agency, which is today. That happened during the legal tampering period only two of these actually happened today and both also happened during the legal tampering period. The free agent deals did not become official until 3 p.m. Central Time on Wednesday. And so we can just kind of hit on the first two. We've talked about them a lot in the earlier podcast this week. If you want to go back and listen to that episode, you can get a lot more information. But David, 
Defensive tackle David Onyemata headed to the Falcons. Defensive tackle Shai Tuttle headed to the Panthers. Now, those were the two early moves, and we really dove into them in depth in the last podcast. But right after we finished recording, maybe maybe 45 minutes after we finished recording, there was just a torrential downpour of, of Saints news at about 8 p.m. Uh, on Monday. And it started with Caden Ellis getting pried away from the Saints to the Falcons. And I saw a lot of people kind of say, man, this this sucks. I really don't want to lose that guy. And I agree with you. I didn't want the Saints to lose Caden Ellis. But when you look at the inside linebacker salary rankings, three years, $21.5 million, about $7.2 million a season, you know, if you fudge the numbers a little bit, that ranks him about 13th in the NFL in terms of inside linebacker salaries. And just look at the team you're talking about, right? He was not going to start. As good as he was last year, he was not going to beat out Pete Warner at the will spot. He was not going to beat out Demario Davis at the Mike spot. And while you may have wanted to try to retain him, and I think the Saints did want to try to retain him, you just can't justify paying a top 15 salary, which would have been more than you're paying Pete Warner on his rookie deal, for a guy who is going to be your Sam, which you just don't use that much, and your backup, your depth linebacker, you can't afford it. And as, as frustrating as that is, it's just a product of, man, this guy played himself into a deal. And then another thing that happened is your defensive line coach and co-defensive coordinator went and is now coaching the Falcons. And so if there was any chance you had at retaining David Onyemata and Cade Nellis, that went out the window the second Ryan Nielsen went over to Atlanta and he got to talk to Terry Fontenot and said, hey, we have all this cap space. Let's blow David Onyemata and Cade Nellis out of the water with contracts. And that's what they did. And so it's a frustrating thing, but hey, they're essentially just giving Saints comp picks next year. So <laughs> you, you kind of give it give and take. It is going to be frustrating because I think Cade Nellis is a very good player. But I think people also underestimate he's 27 years old. You weren't just going to wait around for him to eventually take over when DeMario Davis retired, unless you could keep him on a reasonable contract. And I do not consider three years, $21.5 million to be a reasonable contract for a depth linebacker. Moving on, Shy Tuttle, that was the other one that happened early. Again, three years, $19.5 million. Good luck, right? Good for Shy. He got a bag. The Panthers overpaid there. I'm sorry. Like, Shy Tuttle has been solid. He has not been, you know, a top 30 defensive tackle in the NFL, and that's what he's getting paid like. So, you know, the the NFC South teams just came and wanted to steal away Saints players. I kept hearing about how the Saints had no talent on the roster last year. Well, it seems like the other teams in the division disagreed because they paid heavily. The other guy who went to another team late Monday night, Marcus Davenport. I was a little frustrated at this because it's not even because I wanted the Saints to pay him a ton of money. I think $13 million for one season is way too much for what Marcus Davenport has done the last few seasons. But what it does is really just solidify what will go down as one of the bigger draft misses in Saints history. Now, they've obviously had them, right? Like, they, you know, they drafted Stephon Anthony in the first round. He was off the roster within two years, right? You know, Jonathan Sullivan. Uh, there are guys up there, right? Like, he's not alone on that list. But until he's off the roster, you say, okay, maybe he has a chance to turn things around. 
I don't think he was, you know, I, I hesitate to call him a, a true bust because he did have his moments. It was more of a health issue than a talent issue. Like you saw it. Clearly the Vikings saw it because they were willing to shell out $13 million to a guy for one season. But he's not the Saints' problem anymore. They don't have to worry about him anymore. So he will be an interesting guy to watch. And he's, it's going to be frustrating if he does find his form and can stay healthy and ends up being a double-digit sack guy, which he very much is capable of. For now, the Saints have to have to kind of look at their roster and say, okay, where do we fill these holes? And the only reason the defensive end group feels weaker at this point than it should is that you have a first-round pick who has not played up to the... I don't know, expectations, I guess would be the word, for a first-round pick, and that's Peyton Turner, right? Like, if Peyton Turner can show up and be a guy next year, then all of a sudden you're like, we, th- that's not even a loss. That is just a net positive in terms of you needed a path to get him on the field and you got it. Now, we talked to Jeff Ireland at the Senior Bowl, and he was he was very open and not guarded whatsoever in saying, Peyton Turner has work to do, and it is not all about you know, what he's doing on the field. It's preparation. It is making sure your body is where it needs to be. It's making sure you're the right weight, right? It's making sure your fitness is there. And that's not stuff you usually hear from a, a talent evaluator at a, at a scouting event. I think that was a message being sent and hopefully he hears it because if you do get a first round talent in Peyton Turner, which I think he has within him, then, you know, the defensive line is in good shape in my opinion. We're going to go through a couple of the guys that they added this morning, but first... There was two other players who went out of town. Both of these guys was a guarantee they were going to be somewhere else, I think. I don't think you tried to retain them at all. Whereas I think the first four guys on this list, you probably did try to at least bring back at a reasonable number. But Andy Dalton is going to the Panthers. He could start there. The Panthers traded up for the top pick. He's like kind of the halfway bridge there. Like if you needed a bridge, he's the guy. So... He's probably going to battle with Matt Corral and whoever they draft, but I would expect Andy Dalton to be the week one starter in Carolina because you paid him like the week one starter. You gave him two years, $10 million. That is not just a throwaway contract. That is a contract for a guy who you think you might have to start, right? And worst case, he is a premium backup. So the Saints might end up facing Andy Dalton next year, which is an interesting caveat. The final one is Deontay Hardy. And the only thing that surprised me is I very much expected Deontay Hardy to go to the Broncos because I thought Sean Payton was going to want to bring that guy in. But he's on the Bills. I think you know he's going to be a good player for them. I don't know how much he's going to be incorporated in the receiving game. You know, It might be a reason he went there if they did make him some guarantees in terms of being a part of the, of the receiving game. But one way or another, he's still a return ace. He's still going to be very good. He's just got to stay healthy, which he was unable to do. This actually has a typo in it that should say Bills. If you're, I'm talking about the video version. It says Deontay Hardy to the Vikings. He actually did sign with the Bills. So I apologize. That is a typo. But those are the players that are gone. And something to keep in mind, the Saints with this list are in a very good shape for potential comp picks going into next season. The maximum you can get is four in terms of comp- compensatory selections. The way it kind of stacked up with the free agents leaving, they would be looking at about two fourth-round picks and two seventh-round picks, which, you know, for a team that doesn't get a lot of comp picks, that would be a big addition. When you have six players leaving like this, you can't get six comp picks, but 
the fifth and sixth player can offset contracts. So as you kind of bring players in and it works against you in the compensatory pick formula, those two, like Andy Dalton and Deontay Hardy, could cancel out other contracts. And that's going to be the case when we look at this next list. These are the players that the Saints either re-signed, restructured, or signed on the free agent market. It's a little out of order, but I'm going to start with the players that they restructured, which was quarterback Jameis Winston, who lowered his salary from about 12.8 to 4 million with incentives that could bring it back up to 8 million. And the Saints offered him that deal saying, hey, we will bring you back as a backup quarterback, but you have to be making backup quarterback money. And Jameis agreed with that. You know, he was he was down for it. It's an interesting choice by him. And, you know, what I had been hearing from, from some people who, you know, know about Jameis, right, is he likes it here, right? Like he's comfortable in this situation. He's comfortable in this city. He really likes the city. He really likes the team. As hard as that might be to believe, from for a team that effectively benched him and took away his job while he was hurt. He does like it here and he wanted to stay. I don't know what type of guarantees he could have had if he went out on the free agent market in terms of getting a starting job. He opted to stay. So for the Saints, that is a win, right? You don't have to worry about your backup quarterback. You know he's here. He's on a reasonable deal. And if Derek Carr does go down, then you feel very comfortable if you have to turn to Jameis Winston. And this is a team that understands about needing a backup quarterback. If you go back to 2019, the Saints have played 66 games. 33 of those have been started by a quarterback who was not your week one starter. Now, that's a little skewed by the fact that Andy Dalton, by the end of last season, was effectively the starting quarterback, but he was not the week one starter. So half of your games since 2019 have been started by someone who you did not go into week one saying, this is our guy. Now that group is made up of obviously Andy Dalton, who started 14 games. Taysom Hill started eight. Trevor Simeon started five. Teddy Bridgewater started five. And Ian Book started one. I'm going off memory. The math might not add up there. I think Simeon might be four, but well, we'll see. I, th- I get confused by that week seven game with the Bucks, where he finished it, but he didn't start it. So that number might be up, but the point stands. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is a team that understands it needs a backup quarterback, and they have a very good one in Jameis Winston. The news that broke yesterday, shortly after that, Michael Thomas is coming back to town. If you had asked me three weeks ago even, whether like the percentage chance I would have given this, I would have said maybe 15, maybe 20. But then the Saints signed Derek Carr, and we all saw Michael Thomas said, thank you, Jesus. And Derek Carr went up there and talked about his conversations with Michael Thomas and just really talked like a guy who fully expected to be throwing him the football. And from that point on, you know, it, was re- it really just felt like a matter of time. And I think $10 million is a reasonable number. He needs to stay on the field. You know, that's the thing. Like, I love Mike Thomas. I'm glad he is back. He needs to stay on the field, and I don't know if he can. And that's the frustrating thing. But for the Saints... You have a one year out, and if he, if it works out, great. If it doesn't, you know, you're back in the same boat. But 
Either way, you are you are still bringing him in, working him in with Chris Olave and Rashid Shaheed, and for a team that you know the head coach after the season said, "Hey, we need a contested catches guy." He's that guy, right? If he can stay on the field, he's that guy, and we saw that in Week One. We saw it in Week Two. Just got to keep that keep those feet healthy. He needs a lot of foot massage. I don't know. It's just those feet, the lower body can't get can't get it done for him. All right, so. The other returning players, and we don't need to get into these guys a ton because we talked about them previously. Tight end Jawan Johnson, two years, twelve million. That's a that's a really good deal for him, and he, he there's an investment there. He's going to be an integral piece of this offense. We're actually talking to him tomorrow. Um, he's scheduled to speak to the media tomorrow. So our episode that posts Friday, we'll, we should have that some of that audio, and we can play it for you. Safety JT Gray, special teams ace. You wanted him back. Tano Passano, you, you need depth along the defensive line, especially knowing what you know about the players leaving. So you got that there. Keith Kirkwood, just a good just a good team guy. Uh, I've, I got a chance to sit down and talk to Keith at an event um, last year. And just, a, he just, he, like one of the things that stood out to me is like he played for the Panthers. Obviously, Matt Rule was his former coach. And he was like, no, I just like New Orleans better. Like that's where I wanted to be. So that's where he ended up. And guard Calvin Throckmorton, um, just good depth there. But the last thing we'll talk about before we go to the break is the defensive tackle position. The cupboard was bare with Onyemata and Tuttle leaving. Malcolm Roach is also a free agent. You may bring him back. You may not, but you had to bring in bodies there. And that's what you did with Nathan Shepard from the Jets and Colin Saunders from the Chiefs. It is not Kalen. It is Colin and we don't have the details on those contracts yet. I don't I don't imagine they will be huge. But I do think that Colin is a really interesting player. He had rave reviews from, you know, his teammates on the Chiefs. Pat Mahomes was tweeting at him saying he'll miss locker room basketball. These are big dudes. Colin Saunders was out there doing backflips at the senior bowl a few years ago. Um, these are both senior bowl guys that trend continues. I, I've said this a few times. One of the things Mickey Loomis told me is that one of the reasons they scout everybody is because when they become free agents and they have a good grade on somebody from four years ago, they're going to bring them in. And I guarantee you that's exactly what this was for both of these guys. The Saints got a really good look at them at the Senior Bowl in 2018 and 2019. And they became free agents and they went after them. They're both guys that I think if you're the Saints, you're projecting, okay, they did X amount with these teams. They can do a lot more for us right? I don't know if they're going to be the guys you put in there as a, as a starting role. I don't think you're going to make any more big splashes in free agency, but I still think at either 29 or 40, you need to be looking at defensive tackle hard. These two signings, I think, make you feel a little better if you don't make that pick at 29. If there's someone you fall in love with and it's not a defensive tackle at 29, you feel a little more comfortable now <laughs> because I do think these guys are quality players and uh, you're, you're going to go from there. But the final signing and the one that everyone should be a lot a lot more excited about than a couple defensive tackles that you're, you probably won't hear their names very much, Jamal Williams. I don't know if you, you guys are familiar with Jamal Williams. He had 17 rushing touchdowns last year. That led the NFL by four. The next closest was Austin Eckler, Derrick Henry, and Jalen Hurts. All had 13, and those are some pretty impressive names and for a team that needs a little punch down at the goal line, they had four rushing touchdowns from running backs last season. They had 12 total. Seven came 
from Taysom Hill, one came from Rashid Shaheed, and four came from the running backs. So this is a team that needed to add talent at running back. He's 27. BYU guy. This team loves BYU guys. I don't know why, but it's another BYU guy. He was actually teammates with Taysom Hill at BYU. He started his career on the Packers. I I remember every time I watched the Packers while he was there, he was always just popping, popping, popping. He was a teammate of Aaron Jones for a while. And, you know, he just he's just a guy who you trust, I think. And for this is a team that needs someone in that backfield that they can trust if he has to start for six games. Because that might be the suspension Alvin Kamara is looking at. I think it's going to be difficult to get through another season without seeing any discipline for Alvin Kamara. So that's a great, great pickup for them. Three years, $12 million, a very reasonable deal. Not it's It's similar to... When you brought in Latavius Murray and, and that type of runner in terms of, you know, just a power back who can get it done on short yardage at the goal line. But despite only catching, I think, 12 passes last year, he does have a much better receiving skill set than I think Latavius did. And to me, that made it a little difficult with that platoon job when it was Latavius and Alvin as opposed to Mark and Alvin because when Latavius was in the game, you were kind of projecting a certain type of offense. You're not, you're not, you're not throwing to Latavius. You know, maybe as a maybe as a checkdown, but you're not running swing passes, right? You're not running screens to Latavius. Where whereas with Mark, it was really kind of you could do anything out of any set. And I think that's what you're trying to get back to here with Jamal. Also, a very interesting character. If you've ever seen him in any interviews, I'm gonna set the over under. At 1.5 for total Jamal Williams interviews before there is a reference to either Naruto or Pokemon uh, because he's a big Pokemon guy. <laughs> um, there's a there's a hilarious interview with him after week 18 last year when he the, the Lions beat the Packers in a game that meant nothing to the Lions. It meant everything to the Packers. And he's on the field and he's like talking about his grandfather. I think it was his grandfather who passed away and he's like, bawling and then within about 15 seconds he experiences ever the entire range of human emotion and he's yelling at the camera it's like you doubted us it's very funny i recommend I'll, I'll tweet the link but i recommend everyone go check that out because he's a character he's a character and the saints definitely have a interesting locker room interview guy that you know they, they kind of were without you know they had cj for a while cj was always willing to say some weird stuff and now you got jamal in there so I don't think the Saints are done, but I think I think these are the splash signings. I think you're going to see them kind of wait for one thing because you want to maintain your comp picks, which they did not last year. They sacrificed the comp pick last year to bring in Andy Dalton. And I think that was a mistake. And I don't know if, because they could have waited on Andy Dalton. They could have waited and signed him around the same time as Tyron to avoid that. And they didn't. And I, I think that they regret that, uh, or at least they should. And so I think you're going to see them be a little more patient go for the rest of this week. Maybe they bring in a couple of low-level guys, but I don't think you're going to, you know, everyone wants a splash signing. I see people see, I see people say, oh, Calais Campbell, you know, guys like that. But I think you're waiting. I think you're, you're being patient and you're waiting out the market and seeing, seeing if someone like Jarvis, for example, who might have higher contract expectations now, then he will in a month or two, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe at two, maybe a month, you know, after the draft and you can bring him in on a more reasonable deal, right? Like what if no one 
goes after Odell Beckham, right? He's out there working out. Maybe he just doesn't have a market. And he's like, hey, you know what? I'll go home. You know, just like Jarvis did. I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate it. But, you know, we're, we're going to see how that all develops. But that's going to be it. I'm going to wrap this segment up. We're going to come back. And we're going to do a mailbag. Thanks for everyone who's in here. We've got over 100 people watching. I really do appreciate it. Got about 30 some odd comments in there. So we're going to go to a break. And I'm going to star a bunch of comments. Going to come back. Stick around through that. But again, this is Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. Thanks for everyone for being in here. This is a special free agent edition of the pod. I am obviously solo. Steve will be back for the normal episode of the week that posts on Friday. But there's just so much that happened the last two days. I wanted to come on here and get a quick pod in. But stick around and we'll come back with that mailbag.